another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, I can't read today, teardrops and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in a Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. I think I am nervous because we have the voice of Joplin Radio <laughs> with us today, Rob Forrest, joining us for the first time. Rob, you had the um, the radio show that was on after us when we were on radio. Yeah. You were kind of responsible for getting me into radio Actually, so it's great to have you here. We're going to talk a lot about football, a lot of baseball stuff, too, with your Cardinals making it to the wild card game, but also that Chargers and Raiders game last night as three fans of the AFC West. I was pretty impressed with what I saw last night. From? Both standpoints. Really? I, I was. I, I thought I, I thought it was a, it, in my opinion, I thought it was a very, very poor and unorganized effort by the Raiders. Now, I will say, in years past, that defense wouldn't have hung in like it did yep. last night. They still have problems. They can't stop the run for anything. They have all kinds of injuries at cornerback. But they do play tougher than they have in years past. But whatever was going on in the first half, whatever was going on with that offense, that offensive line, <laughs> Derek Carr, and then John Gruden, who I think actually designs plays really well, and I, I I saw you tweet about it, country, yeah. um, and, and you got scolded on one of Very your tweets. Quickly, yeah. yeah, ignorant comment. I saw it. ignorant comment. What <laughs> yeah. he said. That's the Derek uh, Derek Carr we all know. And, After and, the interception. Well, yeah. And the reason I mentioned that is because, and again, like Rob mentioned here, I did get scolded. I was like, oh, that's a really ignorant comment of me saying that's the Derek Carr that we're all used to. Yeah, hey, this is a, a very important drive in the fourth quarter where you need to get down the field and score so your defense has the opportunity to get a stop and you get the ball back and potentially go tie or win the game. How does Derek Carr respond on a second and nine, throwing an out route, forcing it to Darren Waller that results in an interception when Darren uh, Derwin James reads the route the entire way? It's like, Carr, see that James is underneath. You can't keep forcing the ball to Darren Waller. We're four weeks into the season. Everybody knows that's where you're going in certain downs. I, I actually agree with you. A lot of a lot of people say about teams, well, let's see how they handle adversity. Well, teams like the Chargers, teams like the Raiders, let's see how they handle prosperity. When they're when things are going well, the Raiders tend to crumble. Yeah, not know, not last adversity week against the Dolphins. Yes, when when things are going well, they can't either a put you away or when they're three and zero and have a chance to go in, beat an AFC West rival, go to four and zero. Then they come out and have that first quarter of zero yards. Mm -hmm. That and and I I said this on the show yesterday. I I can't um I I don't understand. And your power rankings are coming out today. Yep. I understand the Chargers went into Kansas City and won. I, I do get that. I know Baltimore beat them. But with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I don't understand how the Chiefs are still not the team to beat in the AFC because until someone does it in the playoffs, the only reason – tell me if you agree with this. I said yesterday, this Chiefs team doesn't look any different to me than the last two or three years. They, they've, all, they've been bad at stopping the run. Their defense hasn't been great. Now – this Chris Jones experiment at defensive end, that might be something else. But 
The only difference and the reason we're, we're harping so much on the Chiefs' defense is because they had those uncharacteristic fumbles mm-hmm. and interceptions by yep. Mahomes at the end of the last two games, and they haven't done that in the past few years. I think that's an anomaly. Most times you say – Mahomes is going to go, and he's just simply better than every other quarterback in the league. He's going to go win games for us. I don't think those interceptions and fumbles by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are going to be typical. I think this is a typical Chiefs team. Yeah. It doesn't feel that much different to me. And I, and I, I think they will tweak things where the defense will just be good enough yeah. for them to be the team to beat in the AFC. But that, that, that Raiders performance last night – led me to believe that they're not ready to compete over the course of a season with mm-hmm. the Chiefs. Do yeah. you put that on John Gruden? Do you put it on Mike Mayock? I, I, I'll, the more I've thought about this, I think Mayock is getting ripped a little too much. And I actually, I think it was you, maybe you or Matt or, or maybe you country the other night at 609 said, talked about, well, these first-round picks that haven't been all busts, but for the most part haven't been that good, those are Gruden's guys. I do know for a fact Mike Mayock wanted C.D. Lamb bad, and Gruden wanted rugs as his Tyreek Hill, which is the most overused term in the history <laughs> of the NFL fast, draft. If you're Tyreek Hill. Yes, yes. You're also you... going to the Raiders most likely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Mike Mayock wanted C.D. Lamb bad, mm-hmm. and his second choice was Rudy. And then John Gruden, John Gruden wanted Alex Leatherwood, and John Gruden wanted Cleveland Farrell. And that's how it went. Mike Mayock really wanted Max Crosby. Mike Mayock wanted a couple other guys that they got late in the draft. So I put it more on Gruden than I do Mayock because he is still at $10 million a year calling the shots. Yeah, and if he is in control of the first round, that's where most of the issues have come. Yeah. And yeah. I, hand up, I missed on Cleveland Farrell. As well, I really liked him coming out of Clemson. I, has he even played this year? I haven't. He actually played last night. Came in and busted up a, a five-yard loss on a run play, but got a face mask, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, other first-round picks. So looking so good. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, uh, I know you and I both liked the Alex Leatherwood pick. They yeah. got I mean, hammered online for people saying, "Why could you draft him this high?" But they ended up getting the two guys that I felt like they wanted. I really like Leatherwood, but something you brought up to me this week. Probably once again at Club yeah. Six and Nine. Yeah, where we do all it, of our discussions. Yeah, <laughs> he can't stop jumping off sides. Yeah, he did. I at least twice last night. I don't know what it is. At, at first, I was willing to give him the excuse of, "Well, it's a new quarterback. You're new to the NFL. It's week five. I don't. I don't know what the deal is with that. Other than that, I thought he's looked pretty good. I I agree. I think he has a chance to not only be good but be a really good right tackle. And this reminds me a little bit. Colton Miller, his first year yeah. was. Not bad. He was the worst left tackle in football. And the Raiders were getting laughed at for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's he's really good. He He's going to be kind of like it, like an Eric Fisher, who is never going to be dominant. But Colton Miller will be a Raider for 10, 11, 12 years and be a very, very serviceable yeah. left tackle. And that's all you ask for if you draft a left tackle. It's just a guy that can go in there, even if he's bad his first year, first you know first two years, whatever. But that, that guy, is, he's a – very, very quality left tackle, and he'll be, at some point in his career, sneaking a Pro Bowl. Yeah, and I mean, he's one of those guys that gets the job done, because I remember his rookie year, Frank Clark was playing for Seattle, and completely destroyed him. Yeah. And it was like, okay, here come the Raiders, Frank Clark's on the Chiefs, we can't wait to see this, it's going to be so much fun. <laughs> like, that was half the highlight reel of Frank Clark with the Seahawks, was destroying Colton Miller and the Raiders. 
didn't see it happen when he's with the Chiefs. Like he is well, now not, he's not even playing. Frank yeah, Clark. he's freaking injured. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Get me started on that hype. That, or, by that, that that's game. been a problem. It has been. And, like, even with Colt Miller, I think it just goes to show, like, hey, this kid definitely got better, mm. like, over time. We, we can all agree on that. But with Alex Leatherwood, back to his false starts, is it just him being too excited? Is he just like, okay, like, I, just, I can't wait to freaking hit somebody? Or what? is that like, uh, oh, shit. Did <laughs> they not go on two at Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> Did well, they what, not have a quick count? <laughs> what worries me is apparently – he was kind of a false starter at Alabama, too. Like, this isn't anything – not to this level. Yeah. So, I do think there's some rookie jitters there. But, I mean, he's a big dude. He's a really, really smart guy. They really – and he's another one of those guys. they got to get out of this a little bit. I don't care if you get a few punks. I like how they draft mm-hmm. Jonathan Abram. They're like, oh, we only draft great guys. Yeah, we're okay. going after character guys. <laughs> okay. But they, they love Alex Leatherwood. He's a real great teammate and all this stuff. And they say he's very coachable. And I think he will be good. But I – yeah, it's th- th- the problem is is you have Derek Carr in a situation after this year. You have to know whether you're going to sign him or not. Yeah. And after last night, if you're that offensive line that's so, and Richie Incognito can't get on the field, Denzel Good is out for the year, and this is on them. And the the offensive line thing was interesting. They let Rodney Hudson go, which I thought was horrific. I will never understand that. Horrible. One and, of the best centers in football. Yeah, and they love this Andre James bullshit they, they liked Rodney Hudson this this is a weird thing in the NFL I think Mark Davis by the numbers is the poorest owner in the NFL I think you're right and which is crazy to say because he's building that huge home of his but he's paid still. for not by him yeah and what's interesting is is that Allegiant Stadium and <laughs> you know what's crazy is I went to Vegas this year I technically paid some of Allegiant Stadium because the majority of that money, yes, came from a few private investigators. The rest came from tourist tax. Really? So it's not Vegas people getting taxed. It's all of us when we go in there with a tourism tax is wow. going towards Allegiant Stadium, which I don't blame them. Have everybody else in the country so pay for your you, stadium. How do you make sure like it gets paid to like the tourism? Like How does that happen? Oh, it's just I, another little tax that yeah, they take. Yeah. Instead of taxing your own people in your state or in Las Vegas, you're taxing those people coming in through what it, casinos, whatever it is. Have you noticed now when you go to Vegas, even if you stay at the biggest dump, there's a uh, resort fee now mm-hmm. of like 25 bucks a night in every hotel. Like it just keeps – there's another fee and another uh-huh. fee. Well, however they do that tourism tax that was already implemented, they just – I don't, I, I don't know the very specifics of this, but let's just say the tourism tax was like, you know, 2.1%. I think it might have been raised to like 2.5%. So mm-hmm. we don't really see it that much. But when you think of how many people go to Vegas every year oh, yeah. and spend all that money, mm-hmm. a lot of that money is going towards Allegiant Stadium. But Mark Davis, some of those offensive linemen and the guaranteed money they had, he had to get them off his books, mm-hmm. not the salary cap. He had to get them off his books because he couldn't afford to pay him. And that's a problem. That's we, been a problem with their free agency, too. Is yes. People would be like, why can't the Raiders go after this guy? Because they don't have the money sitting in an account to pay for that. Like, that guaranteed money, if I have it right, you have to put it into, like, an escrow account as soon as you have it. That way it is. It's guaranteed for the player. It's not like, a, well, I hope we have the money yeah. down the road. You have to have it. And guy, Mike, Mark Davis is known for not having it. The, like, Which is tough. What Hunt did with Mahomes' contract, Mark Davis could never in a million years pull that off because that's a lot of money 
that they got around not obliterating their salary cap with Mahomes mm-hmm. for several years of that contract because Hunt was willing to just kind of pay some of that stuff off the books out of his own pocket. You see Robert Kraft do that. Everybody's, oh, Tom Brady doesn't make very much. That's ridiculous. He had a ton of guaranteed money in that. Yes, he did restructure his deal a lot, mm-hmm. and he did make less than he could have. He, he was might still have making made a, money through TV twelve. He was still making a ton of money, yeah. And Jerry Jones does that, and all these other owners that have all this money. Mark Davis doesn't have the money, and you're seeing it on the offensive line. And that to 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 have an owner in the NFL that has to get rid of good players who aren't making tons of money. Like at this point, Rodney Hudson wasn't making that much money yeah. where you couldn't keep him, and the fact you had to get rid of him because you simply couldn't afford it is bad. That's a bad look. So I mean, so how do you grow from that? Like, how do you get in a better situation now that you've Sell spent part of your team? You you have to have several years. I, and um, a couple of guys that I follow that really cover the Raiders really well, and they are locked in, said that last year, COVID hit the Raiders more than any other team in the NFL because that was the first year. Yeah, that was the first year of that Allegiant Stadium with no fans, yep. no concessions, oh, no anything. And then they had an offseason like they just had this offseason where they had some contracts, guaranteed contracts, that they had to come up. And then they couldn't afford to pay them because they got their ass kicked last year with COVID and, and no fans. That that hit them at the worst possible time you could have. So this 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 Derek Carr thing, I he is a guy with good numbers. But at some point, I say this about Dak Prescott too, at some point you have to win, not just go 3-0. and at some point, you have to go to the playoffs. And until I see Dak Prescott, I know he's been to the playoffs, but but especially like a Derek Carr. You know, most people are I, – I would bet if you polled people, 80 or 90% would say, well, the Raiders have to sign Carr. Like, mm-hmm. because anybody you get is not going to be – look at these rookies right now. They look awful. Yeah. And the class coming up is also bad. Yeah. Now, now the talent is there on a lot of these guys. They probably will be good, but – the Raiders, if they got rid of Carr, they would be essentially starting off at zero. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have to give this guy $35, $40 million a year to be an 8-8 eight and eight team. I mean, there, there is no in-between with these quarterback contracts. So, I mean, even with that, then I'd much rather blow it up. Like, the Raiders should have gotten rid of Carr a couple years ago. And the reason I say that is because, like, I don't ever feel like Derek Carr is what John Gruden wanted. And I know people go, well, hey, John, John Gruden likes older quarterbacks. He doesn't like a young guy. He wants – you know, an older quarterback that can take charge and be a leader. Derek Carr, I mean, yeah, he's a leader, but he's not that aggressive type of guy that I think John Gruden wants. So it was like, why is he just keep trying to make Derek Carr into something that he's not? Like, just get what you can out of him and then rebuild. And I feel like if they would have done that with, with the team they have now with, you know, the receivers and, and now a different offensive line, maybe you could have kept like a Rodney Hudson or some of these other guys while also adding to the defense, which hasn't looked awful this right. year. Like, it has looked better than I expected, to be completely honest. But, like, with Derek Carr, I mean, he could be in Chicago. You know what I mean? Chicago could have had that quarterback issue figured out. In Washington, like, there's other teams right now that are going to be needing a quarterback where I think could probably be a fit for him where the Raiders just go, okay, we're restarting. And then that gives John Gruden a couple more years because I think a lot of people are starting to give up on Drew. I think they're just kind of done with the Gruden experiment. They they go seven and ten this year, which I don't think they will. I I, I think they. My record for the Raiders was nine and eight. I still feel really good about that. 
but that's not good enough. Yeah. I mean, that this is year four. I was going to say, this is year four of Gruden. It's with, not like, you know, second year. No, stuff. yeah. This is year four of a guy that you paid 10 years, $100 million to. And with a veteran quarterback. As so a veteran. wasn't rebuilding. Yeah. And, and you went out and got Mayock, who Gruden had to have or whatever, and knows the draft better than anybody. And all this experiment, it's just that, I mean, it's it's just not working. But that, like I said, that it, it, one more thing about Derek Carr. And when you get to sit and watch Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs, and you saw Justin Herbert last night. Mm-hmm. He is at his absolute worst when there's chaos around him. Carr can really throw the ball. Carr can really spin it. But things in front of him have to be going right. Yeah. When things around him crumble a little bit, I think I think he's, a, quite frankly, a horrible athlete. When he takes off running, it is the weirdest he wants looking. no part of that contact. Oh, my God. And, and Mahomes, when Mahomes gets out of the pocket – he knows exactly. It's almost like yeah. the yellow line is on the damn field right. with Mahomes. People he forget knows. that watching yes. TV. It's <laughs> not actually there. Someone <laughs> tweeted that out. This this gal tweeted out yesterday. She goes, "What's my first NFL game the other?" And I asked my dad where the hell the yellow line's at, whatever. <laughs> but like, Mahomes knows exactly mm-hmm. where the first down is, and he does. Like he knows He'll how to maneuver his way right yes. to that corner. <laughs> Car, I've seen I've seen Car on a fourth down, like fourth and seven, have a wide open running lane and start his slide mm-hmm. three about three yards short of the first down and then he slid past it yeah and he's like thinking first, like that counts right like, wait first down he his awareness for being a smart guy his football iq when there's chaos around him goes to zero mm-hmm. Absolutely well and zero. joey bosa was even talking about it i don't know if it was last night or this morning but he even said like yeah he's a great player he's a great quarterback but we knew if we just hit him, he would crumble. Yeah, and yeah, he does. He was exactly right. They got yeah. after him a couple times, and you can tell that you know with certain guys, it really affects their game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most the, quarterbacks. He's the epitome of if you just give me some time, man, I can make some real things happen. And they're, yeah. if they're you, you know, if I have a great offensive line and weapons at receiver, <laughs> I'm really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah good I, luck with that. I deserve the 35 million with that. He, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is the only guy that has a great offensive line, a great receiver, and a running back to go with it. None of them drafted in the first round, though. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that that game, there were a couple huge turning points, and one was at the end of the first half when the Raiders had a third and two, and they got they they essentially they thought they had the first down, then they went and replayed it. I know they were on their own twelve or fifteen, and I, that's why I was so pissed when I watched this. It was fourth and about five inches. You had a defense that just came off the field about a minute and a half earlier. Corners going out everywhere. Trayvon Mullen was out. Damon Arnett had just gotten hurt. Amik right. Robinson, who actually played really good in the second half, but he had just came into the game. They were utter chaos. And I, I was sitting there watching the game. I texted a couple of my buddies. I said, if they punt this away, it's going It's going to be 21 to nothing. Like, the, all the momentum is on the Chargers' side. You had fourth and about five inches where a court – it doesn't matter where it's out on the field. It doesn't matter. The, the percentages, I know people ge- say I'm a geek with this, the metric stuff, but fourth and less than a foot over the course of time in the NFL is at a, like a 96% conversion rate on fourth and less than a foot by quarterback sneaking. You said 96? Yeah, you have to take that. It, especially the way the momentum was going, you were down 14 mm-hmm. and your defense was hurt and tired and there's only a couple of minutes to go in the half. You have to take that odds, that nine. 95 out of 100 times, you just quarterback sneak in, you're going to get five inches. Right. And then you keep the ball. If 
And Brandon Staley last night went out and went for fourth downs with the lead. He was the aggressor. John Gruden was passive without the lead. I That boggles my mind. Yeah, I I know that you're a big uh, go for it on fourth yeah. down guy, and I am too. I think like as soon as you cross the fifty, go for it. Oh, and sometimes before that, like you said, even if you're backed up in your end zone, if it's short or if your offense really kind of has some things going, but maybe it was like a drop pass on third down, and then the coach will say, "Oh no, better, better punt it away." <laughs> I I like going for it on fourth down. If it's not like fourth and twenty. I'm probably pulling the trigger on that. And, and how many times when they said, well, we're going to pin him deep, how many times do you really pin uh-huh. him inside the t- five-yard line or three-yard line? I mean, it doesn't well, – I think ha- it was the Chiefs-Chargers game a couple weeks ago. They pinned pinned him back to, like, the two-yard line and then put 98-yard drive. Yeah. I it's mean, like, okay, that worked. These <laughs> offenses and quarterbacks clock. are so good mm-hmm. that you're punting it. But it doesn't matter where they get the ball. I say high school, I don't know how the hell you yeah. ever punt. Punters in high school punt it like twenty yards. <laughs> exactly. So uh-huh. like you you punt it to them and then they just have the ball like mm-hmm. right where you right where yeah. you had it anyway. Just go you, for it. Yeah. you have a better chance. Yeah. It's, yeah. Especially at the high school level. At college, I think it's even you know a little bit inconsistent with yeah. what a punter can do there, or even trying to kick a field goal. All those I'm, long field goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then the second half that the other play was Carr actually rolled out, got out of pressure somehow and had Henry Ruggs wide open at the five-yard line or whatever and, yep. and missed him. He, he was open yep. by six, seven. Henry Ruggs this year has gotten so much better at creating space for himself and kind of wiggling in and out of the zone. And then when he when, – when they can't – if he gets past the jam at the line of scrimmage and he gets a full head of speed – those safeties, those poor safeties right now, see I mean, him coming like a blur. You can't turn and run. We saw, no. we saw it last night against Derwin James on yeah. that one deep shot. Granted, it looked like he almost dropped the ball, but like, hey, it was a well-thrown ball by I mean, Derek Carr. That's kind of part yeah. of his game, though. Yeah. He might drop it, but he also <laughs> yeah. might be open by 15 yards. Yeah. yeah. But how about other receiver? I thought the play of the night went to Hunter Renfro. When the Chargers lined up to punt and were like, uh, guys, there's no one over there. No one's guarding him. And you could see when they zoom out, Hunter Henry's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We're not guarding him. Should I stay back here? Should I go guard him? He didn't know what to do. Chargers snap the ball, throw it out to the receiver. And then Hunter Renfro laid the best hit that I've seen so far this season. Best I absolutely Raider. love that yeah. dude. He's just such a football player. Honestly, how many players in the entire NFL would have the awareness to to make that play? I don't think very many. I'm not saying he's the only one, but I don't think very many. I right. feel like a lot of other kicker turners would be like, that ain't my fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't screw up. You should have put somebody yeah. on the field. <laughs> uh-uh. First down. They scored shit. I'm not a tackler. I'm a runner. <laughs> yeah, that was a hell of a play. Yeah, he is. He, and he's emerging as just one of those guys that I root for, even as a Chiefs fan. I don't care. I like to see him get targeted. Between him and Darren Waller, it seems like they get about 20 targets a game yep. and I get it some of the routes he was running last night too during the broadcast they were even talking about they it. called like, that China route right? yeah China route which yeah. has been around for a while but then seeing you know the way that he's able to do it and the way that he's put his own little twist on things I mean we used to praise guys like Antonio Gates for kind of running a similar route but now you're getting little tiny ass Hunter Renfro doing it and guys like Cooper Cup are looking at him in practice being like what the hell was that yeah, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna use that, and he just he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Yeah, yep. I I think he's turning into one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. Like, yeah, yeah. He's taking Cole Beasley's spot. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into something different here, especially since we have Rob Forrest of the Sports Edge. If you're one of our local Joplin listeners, you can catch that from four to six 
or you can stream it. I know um, back when we were on the radio, everybody would always say, how do we get the radio show? The best way, in my opinion, is a simple radio app. Yeah. You can just do a quick search and you can catch Rob on the Sports Edge four to six every weekday on Joplin Radio. Uh, but also mention our great sponsors, Gunspot. Go visit them at gunspot.com. All your gun and ammo needs, especially get on, on those live reserve auctions yep absolutely and fall is here now and that means we need to update our wardrobe be ready to go for the holiday season coming up so be sure to visit miners fellas again if you need to update your wardrobe or you need to get people christmas presents like i said holiday season's coming up go to miners and then use code mike up 10 for 10 percent off it's fall it's time it's fall y'all yep and instagram was down yesterday like we mentioned on the show yesterday like go check out their instagram page yep. they post stuff on their story every day and then it crashed. I mean, speaking of, dude, we thought Facebook and Instagram was gone forever. Yeah. Good. Like Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> gone forever. I was I was actually kind of excited about Facebook being gone. Like, I don't know why I don't just delete it. It's probably just now, because. Now, some people do really need it. Like, yeah. the only thing I use it for is, like, family events. If we're doing yeah. something like a birthday party, we will send a event on Facebook. Yeah. I mean. Our, I, I need those reminders of, hey, you have an event today at 3 yeah. o'clock. Bur- people's forget. birthdays and everything. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, <laughs> that's, it is very nice. And like our town that we grew up in doesn't have a newspaper. So that's Facebook. They don't we have a bar our, either. <laughs> we get all of our local bar news. or a newspaper. We got seven churches, not a single and bar. And one Casey's. And not a Dollar General. Stop, dollar, the reason you need Gentral. a bar is because you have seven churches. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, you got to balance it out. There should be a bar. I don't know if they could even have enough patrons in there to. Oh, it would. They would keep that puppy up right now. Is there dancing allowed? No, it's the town. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go across the bridge and dance on the school other side dances of that. were the worst. Nobody danced. Speaking of dancing, you just though, stood there. Yeah, Urban Meyer. I thought we were maybe done talking about this yesterday. We are not. <laughs> we are not done. Even more video surfaced after he apologized. And it looked like, okay, there's just this girl dancing on him. Like, he didn't really do anything too wrong. And then the, another video comes out, and you can clearly see him grabbing some ass in this video. So it's all accountability of, oh, it was just some girl dancing on me. I should have all out the window. It's all done for. Like, sorry, bud. You acted on it. And again, single guy, don't blame him at all. That girl was attractive. You are married, though. That's where it kind of makes things wrong. And then yesterday, he issued an apology to the team. And it sounds like, according to Mike Silver, he has no credibility left in this locker room. He actually, Mike Silver quoted a player who said he has zero credibility in the stadium. He had very little to begin with. He canceled team meetings yesterday. And instead of, like, issuing a big apology to the team, uh, he apologized to individual position groups and as soon as he left the room players were dying laughing at him (laughs) i i thought that this urban meyer thing would end pretty badly in jacksonville i never thought that he would actually like get fired i thought he would be a health concern or needed to spend time with his family but it sounds like there's a lot of meetings going on even behind closed doors that he could be out and he could be out very soon in jacksonville like this week soon I mean, it, it sounds pretty bad. I mean, if you're already canceling team meetings on Monday, yikes. Right, because you have to issue an apology. Because you are the embarrassment that you like. You're standing in front of players saying, hey, we don't need any distractions. 
And then you go let this girl grind up on you in a Columbus bar. And I bar. even tried to be somewhat defensive yesterday. We had like his arm between, you know, it was just like, right. hey, like, uh uh-uh, uh, this isn't happening. Like, now I'm too ha- drunk to be like, no, 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 no. Oh, but like, I didn't take the it. The hand at all. placement there didn't <laughs> now look it makes, very innocent. It now, looks yeah, like after that I know video what I'm came doing. out. Yeah, now that that other video <laughs> came out, it's like, oh, his arm was there, but he was using his hand was active. Mm-hmm. It's always <laughs> something with this clown at every stop. Always, mm-hmm. and. and is he cowherd last week? Um, and I was texting a couple people about this. He and I, I guess I was taken aback by it. But then when you think about it, but he called him the second greatest college football coach of all time, behind Nick Saban. Man, he's up there. I don't know if all time is accurate. And but you, of the past, you know, twenty, thirty years, I, I probably so. It's a lot of yeah. It's a lot of change. But my my only thing with him. And a, a mutual friend of ours, a big Ohio State fan, and he and I would talk about this at Ohio State. Like his coaching, his X's and O's, mm-hmm. like like Ohio State fans were not that high on him in terms of like what right. happened during the game. If he if he didn't have absolute superior talent, where they would just kick the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Like yep. if they didn't have that. And it was close. Games against Michigan State and games against a couple of these teams that went into Ohio State and won or Ohio State, you know, went to their place and lost. What was it, that game at Iowa where they got, I think, crushed? Went to, but his X's and O's in close games was very poor. Yeah. Now, I just don't know how good a – now, I understand college is way more than that and it's uh, most of it's recruiting. I'm not sure how good of a coach Dabo Sweeney is either, but, man, he can get good recruits. That yep. offense right now for Clemson looks it looks terrible, absolutely mm-hmm. atrocious. They can't even compete in the ACC. Yeah, right now. I agree with you though, especially with Urban Meyer. Even looking at him, I was excited to see what he could do in the NFL if his style of offense would actually work. It's clearly it's not. Working. I don't know what style it, it, it's. It's kind of that like read option stuff, like but a lot of jet motion. How but do they're not, not sp- even really using that now. Yeah, how do you not spread it out with a guy like Trevor Lawrence? Yep. And let him do what you drafted him to do. And you're trying that Ohio State, yeah, when you said mm-hmm. that read option. I, and he's treated practices. He was doing the Oklahoma drill. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then when he said he was going to trim the roster down, he had players go out one-on-one in special teams drill yeah. and just go at each other. And whoever made, like, the best tackle would literally make the team. Mm-hmm. Like, that's he was doing that at roster It's crunches. like stuff high school coaches would do. Yes. Yeah, like, all right, well, it's time you, to cut people. <laughs> if you can't beat your guy one-on-one. It's like then, a wrestling tournament. Then, yeah. <laughs> And think about some of these players over the course of the years that we were talking about Hunter Renfro earlier. What if you put Hunter Renfro up against right. like a yeah. like a safety that was trying to make the team or whatever, and he might yeah. he might knock Your the hell out hitter. of him. What's yeah. his name? The the Raiders have. You put Hunter uh, Renfro against Abram. What Jonathan, Jonathan Abram. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, he, guess who's winning that yes, battle? <laughs> it, but he like actually said he goes, Well, you know, if you can't win your one on one battle, you don't deserve to be in this league. And I'm thinking, some of these scrawny receivers out there that are not very strong, but they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, think about putting, like, Jerry Judy, who's pretty mm-hmm. slender and thin or whatever, up against, like, a safety who's trying yeah. to make the team. And, well, yeah. if Judy doesn't beat him. Or even, like, he, in Denver, Patrick Sertan, who's yeah. a beast of a corner. And me like, well, you didn't beat him. And yeah. obviously, like, those guys are safe. They're first-round picks. Right. But I get what you're saying. And, you know, some people aren't practice players. I've always said that. Like, some guys, they just can't turn it on Monday through Friday or whatever, and then you get to Saturday and Sunday, and they ball out. Yeah. And they don't need that practice. But it is, it's been something. You know, he hired the strength coach from Iowa. The only reason he had a 
<clears throat> an opening, he got fired from Iowa for making racist comments. Yeah. And then Urban Meyer is like, yep, I'll take oh, yeah. him in. Well, Did you not know? Did you not do a quick <laughs> Google search of this guy and, and figure out what it was? And then you know, there was the Oklahoma drill stuff, and he got in trouble for that. He's like, I didn't know I couldn't do that. He didn't read the rule book. He didn't have any other coaches on staff to be like, hey, we actually we can't go this kind of contact right now. And then also the Tim Tebow stuff, giving him a chance oh. when a lot of people didn't think he deserved it. And with that one, I kind of get it, giving your guy another opportunity in the NFL. At least he didn't keep him on roster. But it's been, I mean, we're five weeks into the season, and he's had all this happen already. I don't know how Jacksonville keeps him. I, I think they would be better off just saying, you know what? Tried it. Didn't work. See you later. We're firing him. And that, And it gives people plenty of time to – Maybe move on from Urban Meyer. Now, granted, I don't think he's going to be able to get a USC job or any other job that opens up this next year, but in a couple more years, oh yeah, he's perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's still surprisingly young. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows what other jobs are going to open up. Uh, the USC job already open in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like the LSU job is going to be opening up pretty quickly. But that USC job, like they're going to hire someone in a couple more years and be like, oh, this guy freaking talks, and they're going to have another opening. So Right, yeah. Yeah, or there, you know, there will be a school like if Clemson doesn't get their shit together. Yeah, how many years does Dabo get in Clemson? I hope USC hires row the boat at Minnesota, yeah. and Fleck. he goes and crashes there. Yeah, and <laughs> you don't like uh, Fleck? Nebraska no, fan. <laughs> no, I yes, but I I don't, and it's more so of his. Like, everything's like, look at me, and him copywriting row the boat, whatever. It's like his own logo. It's like like that. That video that they put out about Dabo, how he runs down the hill by himself right. and, and comes out to comes the crowd, later. and then the team comes out. P.J. Fleck isn't like that, but there's a lot of look at me with P.J. Fleck. Like, I'm yeah. I'm the guy, I'm the star here, whatever. And I love my players, which I'm sure he does. But I'm just not a big I – don't, I don't hate the guy, but I'm just not a – not like Urban Meyer. He does kind of rub people the wrong way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I've heard that before. Even before – he went to Minnesota. I think the Oregon job was open at the same time. Or maybe there were rumors of him going to Oregon. And a lot of people just weren't on board with it because of kind of his look-at-me type stuff. I like P.J. Fleck. I think he's done a good job. But it's also probably time for him to get out of Minnesota. But does he warrant the USC job with what he's done at Minnesota? I wouldn't think so. But, I mean, depending on who's interested. Do you know uh, – and, and this guy gets brought up a lot and he just stays. But, like – Matt Campbell is now reminding me of mm-hmm. when Chris Peterson stayed at Boise State for so long. Yeah, that's a good like, point. Matt Campbell just stays at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. And how many universities would love to have? Now, he's not – some people say, well, Matt Campbell might be a little bit overrated. Have you been to Ames, Iowa? Right. It, it, I, the I, fact that he even – even if it's short-lived, has Iowa State in the top ten like a few times mm-hmm. since he's been there or the top 15 somewhat consistently I think is amazing. I do, too, and I am shocked to see him still I mean, stay there year yeah. after year. Um, a lot, I've been talking a lot about the LSU job recently. I think he would be the perfect hire. Like, if you put him, like you said, he built something in Ames, Iowa. You ship him down to Baton Rouge, oh, my God. You, <laughs> I think they could compete with Alabama. It, um, it's interesting. Nebraska is having this problem. Hopefully, Scott Frost gets out of this. But when you go to those fishbowls, like Baton Rouge is. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't understand when people say Auburn's a good job. I don't really either. I think it's a pretty overrated job. Because <laughs> you're in the state with the best program in the country, and mm-hmm. people expect you to beat them 
and, yep. and kind of compete with Alabama. They expect they're your, SEC championships. Yes. When they should be trying to compete within that division. Yes. Like, just, number two in that division is pretty damn good. Every once in a while, you'll have a like Cam Newton come through there, you know, where you have like a special season. But if you Auburn, can pay him enough. Yeah, but Auburn <laughs> after that, that seems like a place where you go in three years, they fire you because the, they, they hate you because you can't compete with Alabama. That's crazy yep. to me. Have but they that, ever competed with Alabama? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Year. they won a national championship with Cam Newton. Well, yeah, I'm mean, aside from that, though. Oh, because that was like kind of one of those, like, oh, shit, like Cam Newton went to Auburn Nick type deal. Not since Nick Saban's been there. Not in my lifetime. I mean, yeah. they they have beat him a few times. Mm-hmm. They had to, you know, kick six or whatever. But uh, back in the uh, – what was that? Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. The, the, the coach in the early – what would that have been, like early 2000s, late 90s? Early Tuberville? T- no. Um, at Alabama. Oh, this will this will drive me crazy. But they were bad. And mm-hmm. Auburn used to really push them around. So it hasn't always been like yeah. this. Like, if people – Forget Oklahoma throughout this uh, under John Blake and in, in the decade of the '90s was garbage. Nebraska went into Oklahoma and put up 70 on them in Norman one time. Yeah, um, I, was, I think we were talking about that one time about you know Alabama before Nick Saban got there. A lot of people forget they were bad. I remember as you know even throughout my childhood looking at those Alabama teams and being like, why does everybody think they're so great? Like yeah. how are they one of the top programs? I've never seen them win. And then you know Nick Saban goes back there and. Was it Mike Starts Shula, Mike Price? Mike, Mike Mike Shula. That I mean, that was a mess mm-hmm. there. And they had some bad team. Even Nick Saban, his first year, I think went five and seven at I Alabama. Think he might have had a bad Man, year. I'll yeah. tell you what, if your name was Mike, you had a pretty good job of getting the Alabama pretty good chance <laughs> of getting the Alabama job in the early two thousands. Mike Du Bois, Dennis Franchoni, Mike Price, Mike Shula, Joe Kynes. Your guys' boy, Dennis Franchoni, yeah, former Pitt Franchone, State. Yep. Pitt State Gorilla. He was supposed to rebuild at Alabama and Texas A&M. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Never really happened. Yeah. yeah. But that but that that goes to when when people talk about oh this school is a better job than and, and you guys are a fan of a school that most people think is a top five. Joel Klatt has them as the number one job in America. Oh, yeah, I saw that. But you surprised. still like USC. You can't just have any coach at USC and win. You can't – they already – like, Florida fans are already done with Dan Mullen. Oh, I know. I already. can't they're, they're done because it's not – that they thought – they think Florida should go and at least, if, if not dominate the Eastern Conference of the SEC, but, like, be right there every yep. single year. And with they're Georgia. Not. Yeah, they're good, but they're not there, and Dan Mullen was supposed to take them there. I, Dan Mullen, if, if they lose, like, four games this year – I mean, his seat will be really hot. Yeah, in if they, Florida, if they do. And be- look what look what's Mike Norvell at Florida State. People say Florida State's a great. I mean, that is a mess. <laughs> People can't win at Miami. I would stay away from the Florida State job Ooh, too. Boy, and I know we have some listeners that are Florida State fans too. And I, I actually used to like Florida State when I was a kid. I, I did too. I cannot even believe how fast it fell off. And and I will say it wasn't that long ago that Jimbo Fisher won a national title know, with Jameis yeah. Winston. It wasn't that long ago. Jimbo well, undefeated for like almost two years. Yeah, yeah, that was like six years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that <laughs> long ago. And Jimbo Fisher's having his own struggles right now at A and M. They've looked the last couple of weeks looked poor. In fact, they go to Columbia this weekend and play Mizzou. Um, but yeah, I. It, but they. Well, this school is so much better. I. I. I Yes, technically, because geographically you're in a recruiting mm-hmm. hotbed, 
but yeah. you still but, can't I mean, put anybody in right in a even spot. at Texas. You should be able to win very easily at Texas. Or, but yeah. we've seen you know two coaches come through there that couldn't get it done. We saw Mac Brown who, at the end of his run, couldn't get it done. Yeah. So it's not just oh well anybody can go in here and win. It takes a pretty good coach. And, and I would say, wouldn't you say, especially in the Big Twelve? Yeah. And yeah. it's not – I'm not saying every team is horrible or whatever. Baylor's had some good years or whatever. But in that conference, that isn't now. They're going to be in the SEC, which I it's find fascinating with Texas and OU and what happens in the SEC. Do. I fucking hate it. With, <laughs> I, I think that is and, – and I don't understand why, like, other college football fans are so upset about it. I actually think it makes college football more – Entertaining. I mean, what do I care about the Big Twelve? Right. I don't give a damn. Yeah. What do you? You don't care if no. Oklahoma or Texas wins. So no, no. they're not going to. And, <laughs> and now that they're in the SEC and that dynamic is is like, I, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Actually, I mean, yeah, it sucks. I guess if you're and they fit. I it, just, it really it's a good fit for Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, they have the hist- the history on their side. They're right there. It's not like too far off. Yeah. Uh, Mizzou never made sense to me in the SEC. Like, why are, you should be in the Big Ten. You're way up there. You seem like a Big Ten school, but with Texas and Oklahoma, it does. It makes a lot of sense, just not to, you know, winning football games. I don't know why you join. Don't you think, even though both those schools have really good recruiting classes, they're still going to have to recruit differently. Yep. Oh, like yeah. different players. Yeah, they're going to need size, and like, I, I don't think Texas has really had that in terms of. I don't mean to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe there's a little bit of that doesn't. But I feel like when you look at all these SEC schools, they're all just massive human beings. And you look at the Big 12, and it's like we're just fast speed guys. Well, I think especially on the offensive line. Yeah. In ESPN.com, I don't know if you saw that article a couple weeks ago about Texas. This stat should be alarming. Texas has had since 2005. I mean, we're going on 16 years. They've had three offensive linemen drafted. Oh, not yeah, not in the first terrible. round. Yeah, yeah. Three drafted in mm-hmm. sixteen years. That's yeah. a huge problem. And they've had a couple guys come through there that were specifically were supposed to fix the offensive line. Yeah, and it just it doesn't happen. And I do think in the SEC, you do have to recruit bigger guys. You yeah. can get away with being two eighty, two ninety in the Big Twelve. That's not going to work in the SEC. Yeah, not when you're trying to block guys at Alabama and Georgia who are. 310 to 320, you're going to need some meat on the bone. And they're big and fast. Yeah. That's the problem with Bama mm-hmm. and Georgia. They get big guys who can also run. Yeah. It's that they, they look different right now, both those teams. I think so too. And it's so weird that people just assume, like, oh man, once Texas and OU get to the SEC, they're going to be able to recruit so much better. You think so? Because uh, I don't. Because they already have top 10 classes. I mean, right. how much better can you get? Yeah, you're you're not just going to join that conference and become Alabama. Yeah, or Georgia, even maybe it's it will bring take some years. some parity though in terms of like not every big, fast, strong guy goes to Alabama or Georgia. <laughs> Could a lot of people do say that now? You know, Oklahoma will be able to go to those guys and say, "Hey, we're in the SEC. We're in the top conference." I think that that will carry a little bit of weight, but not like game changing weight to where we see. Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Oklahoma, all top five of the recruiting circuit. Do you think that could help Texas because Sarkeesian has experience doing that in the SEC? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I, even with A&M, they loved being the only school in Texas that was part of the SEC. Yeah. What has that got you? Right. Literally. No conference yeah. championships. Right. No college football playoff appearances. So I would rather be like in Oklahoma's position where I can say, hey – you know we're going to kick the shit out of our conference and be in the college football playoff. 
we'll still get to see those SEC schools. It'll just be in the playoff. It's just the difference between a payout of $35 million a year, and now it's going to be about $55 million a year. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Holy both of those crap. schools, yeah. Texas and OU, it's not like they're hurting for cash. No. But no. I, that is 100% what made this decision. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a football decision where both schools would stay in the Big 12. It was all about that money. And so, uh, I some uh, Big 12 you know, fans or whatever that I know are like, oh, you know, we're going to be pretty good at men's college basketball now with some of these new schools. <laughs> and nobody cares. No. Now – my school in Nebraska sucks at basketball. Would I like them to be better? Yes, I would. But none of these relocation, anything yep. going conferences has anything to do with men's basketball. No, no one cared about Kansas. No. Or we didn't even talk about the fact Baylor just won a national championship. Yeah, I mean, is the SEC <laughs> calling Duke? Hey, will you no, guys please yeah. come over here? Right. Nobody gives a the damn. The ACC might be the only conference that cares about men's basketball. Yeah. and, and Out of the football conference. What's crazy is Kansas – makes more money off their college football program than they do basketball. Yeah. The TV rights deal for the Big 12 is based on football. Mm-hmm. They're making money off Oklahoma and Texas, and they're in the Big 12, and it has nothing to do with Kansas men's basketball. Yep. It was a long oh, time ago. Shit. I read I an article that. that there were only, like, outside of football, there were only, like, three actual teams that were in the positive, that right. weren't costing their school money. Duke basketball, KU basketball, and I think maybe North Carolina basketball. No, it was UConn women. Those were the only three schools that were actually making money for their university. Yeah. every. I mean, it went through the gymnastics, tennis, golf. Not making more than no football. One. Just making more than $1 or yeah, making more than yeah, $0. Just being positive. <laughs> and, yeah, they weren't doing it. And that's it goes to show that football is it's always going to be the king. Yeah. Especially, I mean, college doesn't matter. NFL, whatever it is, they're always going to be the king. Yeah. It, to put it in perspective, Duke, North Carolina, even with Zion there, mm-hmm. That year he was there when he blew out a shoe at Cameron Indoor. Yeah. You know, that was one of the highest rated Duke, North Carolina games in over a decade. And it drew about two and a half million viewers. Two and a half million. The, I, I think it was what, uh, two years ago when Alabama played, LSU played at Alabama, Joe oh, Burrow, yep. mm-hmm. whatever. And that game had like 13, yeah, 14 million God. viewers. We're talking about the highest rated Duke, North Carolina. There was a there was another time where was, uh, Jacksonville, this is about three or four years ago, Jacksonville was playing, I, I want to say the Bengals, in a preseason game on NFL Network that drew like 3.2, 3.3 million viewers. Duke, North Carolina did like 1.2 million. Duke, Carolina, which is the highlight of the men's college basketball season. I think it's the biggest season. rivalry in college basketball. Yeah, it, it's just it doesn't even it doesn't even compare. It's not even a blip on the radar in terms of money or what ESPN and these TV deals. It's all about the TV deals, and they don't care about basketball. It's a throw-in, mm-hmm. is what it is. I yeah. mean, and, and again, if your school's good at basketball, good for you, and that's entertaining that's for you. Cool. But great. As far Work as <laughs> as far as you having value to a conference. It's, it's not there. Nobody was calling Kansas. Nobody's calling Duke. It, it just doesn't matter. And let's take some time to mention our great sponsors, some of your sponsors as well, Rob. Uh, Club 609. Mm. I don't know if that's the official <laughs> spot of where you and I met, but it feels like it's where we definitely got to know each other. No doubt. But definitely get in there for their happy hour, two-for-one drink specials. The best happy hour, best bar in the entire world. I might have stolen that line from you, but you know it's true. Oh, it is absolutely true. I mean, that's where I've met 
Rob and all the guys here in Joplin pretty much has been at 609. It's the go-to spot. And uh, it's also where I met our next guy, old Mark Edder at Downtown <laughs> Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They are more than just tires and lube. Again, downtownlube.com. They are the best. Yeah. It's the fastest oil change that I've ever seen. By the time you're done having a conversation with Mark, your car's ready. Oh, your car's been, been ready. ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the 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 tires I have in my Jeep, I bought those there. Same for my he car. He did my brake service yep. and every oil change. In fact, this mm-hmm. week it's an oil change week for me. I'm yep. getting close to needing one. So I'll get to, to, to St. Louis this past weekend. Yeah. And uh, I can it's, I can say I made it there and back safely. Right yeah. across the street from that post office, downtown. Yep. Uh, and you mentioned St. Louis. Mm-hmm. It's it's baseball time. You went oh, to the Cardinals. Oh, boy. And, Rob, uh, you are a big Cardinals fan. Fired you up. one strike away, you know, on Saturday to beating the Cubs and uh, <coughs> choked it away. Well, they were You're already just, clinched. You just hear the crowd just like, <laughs> let's go, Cardinals. One pitch. Fucking home run. I'll yeah. tell you what. Was it really? I didn't yeah. even see the end of That's it. how they lost that game. And then they you know, they go to bat and they just can't make anything happen because they took Paul Goldschmidt and uh, Nolan Arnato out earlier in the game yeah. for whatever reason. We, well, they have a playoff game coming up. <laughs> right. we, I mean, yeah, but, like, you're, you want to win this game. You want to keep going. You just want a 17-game nah. win streak because we took a lap around the field well, just kind of look at everything. Wasn't the over, though? Yes. It, yeah, it definitely was. I think you're just but, trying to <laughs> – I'll be the antagonist here. 100%. But it was like, it was also my buddies who were pretty annoyed with it. And I was just like, I don't have freaking any idea. Yeah. So I get it, though. Taking Goldschmidt out, taking Arnado. They shouldn't have probably even been playing. Yeah. If it weren't for the win streak. Lester was pitching, and he got, you could tell he visibly was pissed uh, during the inning that I think he gave up like three runs or something to the Cubs because the entire stadium, and I mean the entire stadium, was doing the wave. Like the wave while he was pitching. And like know, he was the pitcher when I was up there for the Royals wild card game. Uh-huh. And I've always said I've never seen a pitcher be more affected by the crowd than John Lester. And he got affected by his own crowd. Mm-hmm. And so my buddies were like, hey, he's definitely going to say something at a press conference because that has got to piss him off. He's <laughs> like, I'm sitting here trying to do my job, and all of a sudden I got my own freaking fan base doing a goddamn wave. <laughs> and they went like five or six times. They're excited. They're going to the playoffs. Not to mention, that's, that, what I that's tried his to former say. team, and he wanted to beat them back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. But tonight we get Yankees-Red Sox. And Major League Baseball has done so many things wrong. I actually really like this wild card format. And you know Rob Manfred had to go change his pants when he found oh. out Yankees-Red Sox in a one-game playoff. You couldn't have drawn it up any better for them. No, I, I agree. This I'm Because I, I, I'm such a ratings nerd, I will be interested because there's mm-hmm. nothing going on tonight. There's nothing going on tomorrow. NHL preseason, NBA preseason just started, right? They played yeah. A Even, yeah, they're in camps, but they, there are no games on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, this is ideal. And then in the national league, I, I know I'm a Cardinals fan, but they're one of those kind of blue blood programs in, in major league baseball. And then you have the Dodgers. This is set up very nicely for major league baseball. I think the you might have the four biggest like teams. I mean, they bases. would, don't, I, I hate them, but it would be a bigger deal if the Cubs were in it. Yeah, that's true. If yeah. it were Cubs, Cardinals, Yankees, Red Sox. Would be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even bringing in the Dodgers, I think, is also huge. But this Yankees Red Sox game, I am very excited to watch it. Playoff baseball is just different. It is, it is, and it's it's chillier out, and every just everything looks different. The stadiums are obviously packed, but um, this I didn't think Boston was going to make it. Their pitching kind of sucks. Their bullpen is an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but and they were down five to one on Sunday. Right. They would have had to play game one sixty three against Toronto, who I really wanted to get in this thing because Toronto is one of the most entertaining teams in baseball. Oh, they just crushed the ball. Yeah, yeah. They had solid pitching too, but yeah, yeah. I, I was definitely pulling for the Blue Jays to get in. I wanted to see Vlad Guerrero in the postseason, even if it is it's a one game playoff against the Yankees. I still count it as a postseason, but I I was kind of rooting for the Blue Jays. As well, too. And it feels like they have every like good player from my childhood. Now they have their kid on their team. Yeah. So, someone wrote about the Red Sox and Yankees. What's great is, you know, one of these teams is going to be out of it. But what sucks is one of these teams has to move on between the Red Sox and Yankees. And <laughs> right. one of the, the winner of this game will play my Tampa Bay Rays, who I've kind of adopted is I, I root for the Royals, but I love the Rays. The Rays have a $76 million payroll. Which is fractions on what? The Yankees, the Yankees are around 220, 230. I mean, the Dodgers are up there close to 230. Yep. And the Rays are at 76 million and had the best record in the American League. Charlie Morton, who was one of their best pitchers last year, left via free agency to Atlanta. They traded Blake Snell, who was their ace last year, to San Diego. And then Tyler Glasnow, who was their ace this year, yeah. went out in the first couple of months of the season out for the year with Tommy John. And they still went with that payroll. In one over a hundred million dollars, or one over a hundred games, they yeah. just do it differently. But yeah, they were just in the World Series last year. It's not like just, they had a big payroll last year. Now people will always in this. They, uh, I think Billy Bean said this in Moneyball or whatever. He said, you know, towards the end when he was talking to Jonah Hill, and Jonah Hill's like, "Man, we had that season. We won twenty games in a row and had that great season." He goes, "But it doesn't matter if we're not standing holding the trophy. They'll tear it down." They'll say Moneyball does, you know, our, our system doesn't work, the analytics don't work, and everything. And people still try to do that with the Rays a little bit mm -hmm. because they haven't won it yet. Mm -hmm. The Royals did, and they were analytical back then. But it, yeah. that, that Royals team, and they spent a little money to they get some did. guys. That that's what. Um, by the time that team, in after two, what was it, two thousand fourteen, their first World Series. That mm -hmm. team in two thousand fifteen, their payroll was around one hundred and forty million dollars. Right, because they mean, brought in guys like Zobris. Yeah. James Shields wasn't cheap. Right, Cueto. They went out and got Cueto. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know that it's like oh, a small market team, but like eh, they ponied up some dollars. Yeah, to and, get and that team. One hundred and forty million isn't near what the Dodgers or the you know the Cubs or whatever uh, have spent in the past, but the Giants over the years too. Mm -hmm. But that's still for a small market team. That's a lot of money. That's not this seventy six million stuff is is crazy and i still think people just think of the rays as a cute story they do until they mm -hmm. win it yeah i i definitely agree with you and it, obviously they're very good they won the al east with all <laughs> those good teams in it and they clinched so long ago that nobody was even really talking about them i root for the rays as well they're just one of those teams that i kind of always have uh back to like the david price evan longoria days i liked them yeah and it, it thought like how the hell is this team good how are they beating the yankees and the red sox but they were, and they continue to do so. In the winner of this game, the Yankees-Red Sox will take on the Rays, which seems like a little shitty uh, prize that you get. You win your division, and then you get the Yankees <laughs> yeah. or the Red Sox. But that's that's just the way it goes. But I do like the wild card format. And with the Rays and their payroll, you know, a lot of people say there should be a salary cap in baseball. Uh, I am on the side of there should be a salary cap floor. Yeah, okay, Make these teams spend some of the money. If you can't afford to have a team – don't have one and, and by the way i think that's going to happen mm -hmm. in these labor negotiations in this offseason it, it really should yeah like even make it like a hundred million dollars well, i mean know, that should be fair for everyone and oh, some people no might doubt. hear that and be like oh what the heck why do you, why like why a hundred million that's a lot of money well because the texas rangers are at 95 
Our Kansas City Royals are at 86 million. Arizona Diamondbacks are at 88 million. Tampa Bay Rays, they're at 70.8 million. And then the Cleveland Indians are spending 50 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Trevor Shefty, getting rid of Trevor players. Bauer made his Trevor Bauer by himself this year, who by the way, <laughs> yeah. he's still getting paid, mm-hmm. but he's in hot water to say the least. He made fifty million this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't and think the Dodgers in the postseason either. The Dodgers yeah. are paying two hundred sixty-seven million dollars mm-hmm. with the Yankees right underneath them. And you have another team spending fifty million. I mean, that that's absolutely that's crazy. way too big of a gap. Yeah, yeah. Now a lot. I of mean, these... this is Patrick Mahomes is almost making this in a year. Yeah, like I know he is with his ad deals included on. Oh, easily. The the tanking's easily. bad. Patrick Mahomes could be like, hey, my year salary, f you. Here, we'll buy your team. I mean, he pretty much did with the Royals. Yeah, he did. He bought actually. into it. He bought a yeah. share. But I, I agree with you. Uh, the tanking situation is terrible. Oh, in the last thirty years of baseball, mm-hmm. they have only averaged one one hundred loss team per year in the last thirty years. This year, there are four teams that lost a hundred games, and two of them lost a hundred and ten games. Yeah, who were the, I think the Orioles and Rangers, maybe the Diamondbacks, but that that you can't have four one hundred loss teams. And you can't have them doing it on purpose. It's horrible. Does, I mean, does they it are, they're work just trading away. Well, it has is the problem. It has. It worked out the for Astros, the Astros. Did it. It then, worked out for the Cubs too. Yep, and the Braves even. Yeah, uh, sold off Jason Hayward and some other guys and said, "Screw it, we're just going to collect prospects and we'll build that way." And now, I mean, the Astros are very good. The Braves have made a resurgence. They're still pretty good, mm-hmm. which sucks, though, because it does kind of work. But then you have teams like the Orioles. Why would you go see them play this year? They have no one that would interest me. They, it sucks. They played. The Orioles played on Sunday afternoon last weekend, at the like around or on the same time as the Ravens were playing at home. And how in the hell would you have a person? I don't care if it was one of the players' wives or girlfriends or both of them. Yeah, walking into that game with the Ravens playing mm-hmm. on the same day around the same time. Yeah, that you just stay home and watch the football game. <laughs> Even if you're like, oh, I can't afford tickets. Cool. I'm going to stay home and watch the Ravens game if I'm in the Baltimore. And honestly, area. Orioles fans that went to that game, they should have let out. Let them sit in the dugout with the damn team. Yeah, you should have gave them like a gift card. Just all the concessions. <laughs> we, we're not selling them. All of them are yours after like the seventh inning stretch. Have just come p- get what you have want. Have them pitch an inning or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who did they play? Uh, you know what's top of your head? I don't know. No. You don't know worries, but it was the Orioles and the Arizona Diamondbacks that had the 110 losses this year. Yeah, that yeah. is that, – that, that's – Absolutely horrible. That's that's definitely a thing in the labor negotiations this offseason. They want to put – it's not going to be a floor, but they want to put – because right now there's a luxury tax if you spend over the yeah. limit, which is Dodgers. Like 200? It used to be – it was 200 a few years ago. I think it's all. I think it's upwards towards 215 or 220 now. So the Dodgers are in that luxury tax. It might even be higher than that. But they want to put take – take some of that luxury tax away and put a luxury tax where if you don't spend enough, you're going to start getting taxed. Um, that's one thing the owners definitely want. I think the DH is one thing they want. And I do think expanded playoffs in some form, whether that be a couple of more teams, it won't be 16, I don't think, like it was during the COVID year, but either a couple of more teams or I think they want this wild card to go to best out of threes. Now, someone even brought up best out of two, when you might say, well, how the hell would that work? The best out of two would be, you incentivize the home team. Like the Dodgers win in 104 games, the Cardinals only won 90. Some people say that's not fair. Well, if you did best of two, 
the Cardinals would have to go into Dodger Stadium win two in a row. And they're saying if the best out of two, <clears throat> if the Dodgers won the first game, the series would be over. It's like the Dodgers the, would start with a one-game lead. Right. The, if the Dodgers won the first game, it would be over. If the Cardinals won the first game, you'd have to go back and win the second game too, which I'd, I'd be fine with. But I'm yeah. – this, I, I they think do the, that uh, overseas, don't they? Like the Korean League or China League or something? Oh, do they? I think Best so. Best of two? Yeah. I want to say they even do it in the college. Was that during your COVID watching when you were watching the <laughs> <Yeah>. Korean baseball? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no, it's on TV. Yeah. I'm all about a lot of changes in baseball. I do want the DH and the NL. Oh, God, yeah. As a Cardinals fan, I'm sure you do too. Yeah. And, Being and, able to go after a guy and be like, hey, you know you're going to be able to DH here. No fielding. Don't worry about it. I, and I think selfishly, which when it comes to the Cardinals, I'll be selfish all day long. Selfishly, the Cardinals are set up for the DH about as well as any other team in the National League. They have, if not the best defense in baseball, which statistically it is, but easily one of the best defense in baseball. Their outfield defense right now is absolutely on fire. I think they'll have two gold glovers in the outfield. They have a great defensive infield. And if you could just bring in a J.D. Martinez type, who, by the way, breaking news here right before we went on, J.D. Martinez, the slugger for the Boston Red Sox, is not in the lineup tonight. I mean, we're talking about 29 home runs. He had a right around 90 right. RBIs, 860 OPS. I mean, he's a big-time slugger. He is not in the lineup for the Red Sox tonight. Someone said he sprained they, his ankle. Yeah, yeah, a little tweak of an injury. So that's – that's a big bat out of the middle of that lineup, especially with the Red Sox where their pitching sucks. But the Cardinals' defense going into next year, if they were able to bring in a guy who didn't have to play, a Nelson Cruz type of guy. Now, he's 40, 41 years old, but I'm tired of he's making fun hitting. of 41 years yeah. old because Adam Wainwright's pitching tomorrow night and he's 40. It just got re-signed. Him got re-signed to 15, 16 million. Good God. And interesting, really? Yeah, Ooh, next year, one year. Uh, now – Interestingly, the San Francisco Giants are the oldest team in baseball, and they have the best record in baseball. Their average age is like just under 31 years old. Um, and most people think, you know, you're kind of – once you get to about 31, 32, 33, you're out of your prime. Like, I don't know, Tom Brady, if everybody's on the TB12 <laughs> thing. I feel like baseball players have always been able to play up into their older years. Well, though. those were called steroids. <laughs> Back in the day. I mean, Roger Clemens was better at 40 than he was at 24. Yeah. 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 His velocity improved and everything. Yeah. As yeah. Well. But the, the Giants are a pure anomaly this year about their – I mean, they have a lot of the same core players they've had for a while. Evan Longoria was yeah. like in the movie Cocoon where he jumped in and, and somehow a fountain of youth. Uh -huh. Oh, Buster Posey too. I thought yeah. he was done. When he took the year off last year, I thought, okay, his body probably yep. can't take anymore and he's going to ease himself into retirement. He's kind of came back. Brandon Crawford is still there. Stud. Brandon shortstop. Belt. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous that these guys are still good. I was even telling you when we were on a break, like I have a hard time believing in the Giants because I've seen these guys, and for the last couple of years, they weren't good. And now they're having a little bit of a resurgence here. Yeah. Johnny Cueto. I yeah. mean, uh, like Kevin Gosman has been their ace this year. It's just – these they, guys were good five years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, over the past two, three years, it's like, oh, they're not really great anymore. Boom, now they're back. And I'm what not, like, accusing them of. I am 100% at <laughs> the Giants. <laughs> I agree. They, they've been. It's not spider attack, but they they something. Maybe they're on the, the new spider that growth. we don't even know about. <laughs> they've the knocked the Cardinals out of the playoffs <laughs> the last three times they've played them. Interestingly, the Cardinals have faced the Dodgers in the playoffs five times, and the Cardinals are 4-1 and one against the Dodgers in the playoffs and and those weren't like in the 60s I mean we're talking recently when Matt yeah. Adams is hitting home runs off Kershaw uh 
But I don't know. I, I If the Cardinals are able to win tomorrow, I say watch out. I, I think they have a real chance to go world. This team, as it is right now, defensively, now their starting rotation is not great, but their bullpen's really good. Their defense is great. And Goldschmidt, Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, now the youngster, they're mm-hmm. all playing really, really well. And O'Neill had a great game over the weekend. He he was the yeah. player of the month. Bader and, started the game off with a home run, and I mean, just freaking that thing zipped out of the stadium and he's, out of the field. Yep, he's had a, a good year, and he's a possible Gold Glove. I mean, they this team could maybe win four Gold Gloves. Arenado, I well, I think will definitely win at third. I think Goldschmidt has a very good chance at first. Then Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader out there. Yep. Um, you know, I O'Neill's the right fielder, correct? Left, left. Yeah, Dylan mind. Carlson out in right, and Bader in center. But I. I, I the the team now is really, really, really playing good baseball. That's just a tall order to go beat Max Scherzer at Dodgers. Exactly. State. Yeah, and that's where I wanted to go too. Like looking at the the matchup for tomorrow night. Scherzer, one game starter there. I that Dodgers team is just gonna be so hard to yeah. beat. And since they got him at the trade deadline, they won their first eight games that he was pitching. He's pitching so well right now. And he he really lives for a game like this. And I I said yesterday, my my gut tells me the game's going to go one of two ways. That Wainwright comes out, and he's been great in the playoffs in his career, but he's been much better at home than on the road in his career. And you see that with some pitchers, but Adam Wainwright's home and road splits in the playoffs in his career are somewhat dramatic. So that worries me a little bit, but one of two ways. The Dodgers come out and get after Wainwright early, like score four, five, six runs in the first couple of innings, and it's never really a game. Or if he gets by those first couple of innings and has no runs or one run, Cardinals hit like a a solo bomb in the first inning to get on the board, and it kind of hovers around one-to-one, two-to-one game into the sixth or seventh, and the Cardinals do what they've done all September, just scratch and claw a couple of runners on, then boom, a big three-run blast by Tyler O'Neill or, mm-hmm. you know, Goldschmidt or Arenado. Like, I, I see the Dodgers getting after them really early or it being really low scoring until the seventh that the Cardinals hit a big three-run homer in the seventh to take the lead. And then the, the eighth and ninth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, the Cardinals just have to hang on. Yes, but I, with the Dodgers, they have just too many bats. Oh, and, and Max Muncy, their starting first baseman, did get hurt on Sunday, which is out, and he's out. So I assume that means Albert Pujols will be starting at first. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> and unless he's unless he got dinged up over the weekend, I just don't know about it. So you have Max Scherzer, who's from St. Louis, to yeah. play for him, and then Albert Pujols, yes, who obviously played for the Cardinals. Yes, that's an interesting storyline to watch oh. as well. And, and you said you're favoriting the Rays. You're rooting for the Rays. Do you th- who's in the NL that you think outside of the Cardinals has a real chance to win this thing? I I think the Dodgers are the best team. Mm-hmm. I don't think Atlanta's that good. I I don't think they are yet. And Atlanta, Atlanta's one of the biggest choking franchises in sports. They get a lot of credit for winning the NL East so many years. Fourteen years in a row. People tend to forget it was one World Series. One. Just one. Still, by the way. So we're uh-huh. still going on one. They won yeah. the division fourteen years in a row and won one World Series. And then uh-huh. a team like the Royals pops up and goes to two in a row. <laughs> yeah. Like in, in the Marlins have won two World Series. Right. In the Braves only won one. The Braves are chokers. Yeah, that, the that entire, got a couple in there. All of that. All, all of Atlanta. All Atlanta sports. Choke their nuts off. I, that uh-huh. that that is a transient town, choking town. Not that it's a bad town. I had fun when I, but I could have fun in any town uh-huh. really yeah, in America. Fun in Joplin, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I've, I have a lot of fun in Joplin, Missouri, but Atlanta's a bunch of chokers. I, I, I don't think that they have much of a chance. Um, I think the nightmare scenario for Major League Baseball is that the Rays and the Brewers find a way in the oh my God. World Series. Be a catastrophe. Two tiny, tiny little yeah. markets. I clearly you would probably want like Yankees, Dodgers is the biggest one, or even the, the Red Sox or the Red Sox and Cardinals being in there would be good too. But looking at some of these other matchups that you could get in there, I hope the Rays win the World Series. They are the team that I'm rooting for. I don't know that Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred have the same opinion. They want those big markets. They love the Yankees in there, the Dodgers, the Astros. They love it, but I'm, I'm rooting for the Rays the whole way. Yankees-Dodgers would probably be the, the, the best matchup, not because I think the Dodgers are way better than the Yankees. But as far as TV ratings, I think. But I, I will say, a few years ago when it was Dodgers-Red Sox, that wasn't the ratings extravaganza mm-hmm. that you would have thought with those two franchises. It right. was they, – they only – they averaged less than 10 million viewers a game. Was that 2018? It wasn't that long ago. Right, just – yeah, just a few years. They only – they averaged less than 10 million viewers a game. That that game Sunday night with Brady and that whole circus going back to Foxborough had 27 million viewers. That was a regular season week four game. Mm-hmm. That had almost three times what a world, actually three times what a World Series. And the Patriots game. aren't even good. <laughs> Did, okay, speaking of that, real quick, and I know this is your rundown. I don't want to get off of it, but Mac Jones got praised so much oh. for how well he played. And and I am no quarterback guru in any way, shape, or form, but his arm looked like shit. Yeah, I thought we the ball took about. light years to get to the mm-hmm. like when he had to throw it more than eight yards. And when it started raining. You could really tell he was having a hard time keeping a hold of the ball and throwing it accurately. His he had a couple of those what you know the the sideline you know routes that were only a ten yard gain, but you mm-hmm. have to throw it about eighteen nineteen yards in the yep. air, and it just it was just hung yeah. up there. And these other quarterbacks now that can zip it, mm-hmm. I don't see that with Mac Jones. I guess no, I wasn't as impressed as everybody arm. else. He can throw the deep ball a little bit, but he doesn't have the strong arm, which sounds crazy, but I, there's a huge difference between. Being able to throw it deep and be able to throw it hard. Yeah. And he just he doesn't have that. He can't reach back and get a little more to put it on the ball. And I guess Drew Brees probably never really had that either, but I don't know. But, Mac- I mean, he could hit a bullseye from 20 yards oh, 10 yeah. times in a row. So, it's like with Mac Jones, like you're going to have to figure out something. Because mm-hmm. I don't think his, his hand size isn't that big either. So, like even in the rain and those type of weathers, which you're going to deal with a lot in New England, Tom Brady is a massive individual in terms of like hand size, yeah. length, and like – being able to get the ball where he wants it to, Mac Jones doesn't necessarily have that. It's going to become an issue over time. I'm right there with you on that. Yeah, he did get a lot of praise. And so many of these rookie quarterbacks have not – all of them. None of them have played well. I thought Zach Wilson looked better on Sunday. I went back and watched some of his stuff. He looked pretty good. I'll give him credit. Uh, Justin Fields, I, everybody wants him to play, but he, he really hasn't played that well. Yeah, he, it, he played better. I will say – some of those throws he made, he mm-hmm. can zip it too. Did yeah. you hear that Nagy wasn't calling plays? By the way, yeah. we didn't talk about that yesterday. Yeah, he uh, he kind of threw his other guy under the bus. He did. Is that right? Yeah, that was an embarrassing press conference. He That's another coach that just needs fired. He he well he said I didn't call plays, but I'm the one who fired myself, so I deserve the pray. I mean, it was just a weird. <laughs> is deal. that what he said? Yeah, I didn't yeah. hear that he said it that. It was the whole you know kind of summarizing, but the whole thing was odd. He he goes, yeah, you know I. 
I, I just make these decisions and, and you know, I, I put my team in the best chance to win by not doing anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, by removing <laughs> myself Ryan from Clark the scenario. Ryan ape shit on him on get up. He said that that was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen from a head coach. Like, you should be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I mean, went, <laughs> yeah. I had high hopes for him when he got that job, and it has all gone downhill. I will say – he has gone to the playoffs two out of the last three years. Yeah, somehow. I mean, John Gruden ain't going to the playoffs. <laughs> That's true. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I mean, I think his play calling is really odd, mm-hmm. really odd. And he's not the, – the thing is, the Bears aren't winning in the manner that they brought him in. Right. Because they, they had a good defense. Scoring. And I think most people mm-hmm. are saying with that defense, you should go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That, that you're not – the offense hasn't evolved – like it was supposed to evolve, which yeah. is why we brought you here. Right, and that defense is starting to get old now. And yeah. I, they might have to blow up that whole thing and say, all right, we're bringing in somebody. Here's Justin Fields, build around him. Uh, Khalil Mack, I don't know how much longer he's going to be wanting to stay there. Like if, if the Bears do blow it up and they fire Nagy and Pace and the GM, you might have Khalil Mack say, I signed up to play for a contender. Yeah. Please send me to a team who's going to actually be good. But that's the joys of football is that you you never really know. And I I did see earlier today that uh, Nagy said is if Andy Dalton is healthy, he will be our starter. They play that in Vegas. That might be this a fireable offense. <laughs> At this point, absolutely. You just he just got his first win. Yeah, I don't know what you're trying to do here. Maybe and then just spend tell all... him good job and be like, "Hey, we're really proud of the way you're playing." <laughs> yeah, and we're gonna build you up. A and little then even bit last week, he's like, "Hey, I know we just I put you in awful situations. You got sacked nine times. You got hit doubled like double digits. Like, I don't know who's gonna be starting this next week, man. Like, we'll see where Andy Dalton is. And then you come in and be like, actually, Justin Fields is starting. And then to do it again this week. Yeah, it's like fuck you, Nagy. That's yeah. what I would say is Justin Fields. But fuck you, coach. Yeah, I just I'm picked up here. a win. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say I'm done, but it'd be like, I probably wouldn't say it to his face, but I would be annoyed. Mm-hmm. I really would be. Yeah, I mean, everybody comes in and they expect to play. They want to play. You traded up to get this kid, and now you're going to start him twice, and then go. We still want to wait. No, you're yeah. done waiting. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be the same thing with Trey Lance in San Francisco. Which, by the way, if we're going to give Nagy shit for this, we need to give Shanahan just as much for <laughs> it. Like this, you're clearly going to come in and say, "Oh, this is Jimmy Garoppolo's job." Bullshit. Yeah, you win when he plays, but at the same time, he's injured all the time. There's a reason you took Trey Lance. There's a reason you traded up there, and then you for a lot. Yes, and then you picked Trey Lance, and now you're gonna say, "And hey, we're just gonna do a couple packages with him. We want to wait." Da da da. Is he ready to play or not? But what happens but right when now, Kyle Shanahan doesn't win with Trey Lance? Then we're really gonna have to look at the situation of uh, you got to figure something out. Is he a good coach? I like Shanahan as a coach. I think he is a good play caller and he puts his team in positions to win. But the way he's handling his quarterback situation is awful. Yeah, I if his last name weren't Shanahan, I would like to see what his reputation were. I it, guarantee it, that fan base he would be went done to with Texas. Him. So I'm a little bit like, okay, <laughs> I like you, but I also think that that last name carried. Carries a lot of weight for some reason. No doubt. His dad was a good coach. I get it. But if he were Kyle Smith, he might still be an offensive coordinator. And or if he were ugly. If he I were just fat and Kyle that. Smith, he would be a really good offensive coordinator. Yes. <laughs> like psychologists have said that. Like like these young, yeah. good-looking coaches, they will get opportunities. Cliff well, Kingsbury <laughs> failed so many opportunities. Yeah. and Now he has the Cardinals playing pretty well. Well, who do you like between the Red Sox and Yankees country? Uh, between the Red Sox and Yankees? Uh, the Yankees, probably. Because you're starting Garrett Cole tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, and he, gonna, is he going to tack up? <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, he better win. 
he is two out of the last three starts at Yankee Stadium. He's gotten booed off the field. And he's he's on year three of a nine-year 354. It's at, yeah, it's it's at Fenway. Fenway. Okay, sorry to cut but, you off there. Say no, you're good. Way. You're good. Nine years, $354 million deal. He's on year three of. And his numbers, he won 16 games this year with a 3-2 ARA and a whip mm-hmm. just over one. I mean, those are pretty damn good numbers. But if you lose the Red Sox, when they're paying you $37 million this year, this is the reason you're there. Now, if he goes out and pitches well, but if he has kind of a Kershaw moment where he goes out and gets his ass kicked and, and kind of pitches five away. innings, four runs, yep. this is going to be a horrible loss season for Garrett Cole in New York. Oh, what do uh, So what does he need to do? Seven innings? No, not necessarily. I, I, I think five or six and two runs or less, but it, it'll depend on the situation too. If it's – if you know, the Yankees put up five runs and he goes five innings or six innings, gives up three runs. That's not a great outing. It's a decent outing, but as long as they win mm-hmm. and he pitches okay. Not that Yankees if fans If he leaves won't. with a lead, I think he'll probably yeah, be okay. It, it, unless it was like six yeah. runs or something. But if he goes out and the Red Sox are up five to nothing early, you know, through mm-hmm. four or something, I mean, he will get absolutely crushed this offseason. That's when you go to the Yankees, you're like, what the hell am I doing here? Like when Randy Johnson went there, after about a year, he's like, what am I doing here? This is, these people are nuts. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's crazy. In Boston yeah, as well. I, but I agree with you. If he doesn't have a good outing tonight, it's going to be hard for him to come back into that stadium next season, which I <laughs> can't get out of that contract, <laughs> so he's going to. Yeah. But he's going to get his ass booed off the mound Ooh, again. Oh, boy. Like they, the Yankees are a rare beast because they will not cheer you on unless you are good. Yeah. You've got to do a lot for them to finally like welcome you in. And then as soon as you mess up, they will tear your ass right back down. <laughs> They're, That's fucking Eli Manning right there. He's like, yeah. oh, fuck this guy. We want a Super Bowl. Let's go. You fuck can't you. talk shit about him. We can. <laughs> yeah. I still say I don't know if Eli Manning was a good quarterback. I don't know either. I like him on TV. I can say that. Yeah, <laughs> he should have been yeah. on last night. That would have been very enjoyable. I would have loved to see Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. Why? Why did they take a hiatus? What are they doing? It's weird. They they like part of their contract was that they're only going to do like twelve games. I don't even know why you negotiate that in. 12, yeah, yeah. And when they did it, I, and I don't know if twelve is the right number, but when they did it, I thought, okay, they're going to start later in the season. Nope, they were right there for week one. Yeah, and, then, and last night would have been very fun, like with Herbert and Carr to kind of like right? hear their opinions on that. Yeah, but. yeah. get some of those other quarterbacks in, uh, real, talk about them. Real quick, back to this Yankees-Red Sox game, though. With Garrett Cole facing the Red Sox, do you know off the top of your head how well he's pitched against them? Not, like in Fenway or anything like that? No, not specifically. But, I mean, he, you know, he, he had that run when he was on the Astros where he was maybe the best pitcher in baseball. Garrett Cole's a weird – this year. Garrett Cole's a weird, weird deal. In Pittsburgh, he was a big-time, big-time prospect. He came out of UCLA. Trevor Bauer was in Is that same team. Is he the number one team. overall pick? He was, either, he was either him or Bauer. I think they went in the same draft. I could be wrong on that. But, yeah, he was way, way up there. And he was supposed to be this stud. And he had occasional games and occasional moments in Pittsburgh, but never really. Then he went to Houston. And Houston, with all of their kind of antics or whatever about cheating or whatever and the sticky stuff yeah, and all the tactics. And he went from this guy that's overrated, not, you know, ERA over four and not a good walks and hits printings pitch. And then he goes to Astros and his ERA plummets. He's striking everybody out. Nobody can even touch him. Everybody's like, what the hell's going on here? And then he gets this deal with the Yankees. Now he was really good. He's been good with the Yankees. But when you sign that deal as a pitcher, 
They expect you to be great. And if you're only going to, you know, you only pitch one every five days, you have to win tonight. Yeah. Like it, because a position player, if you sign a position player and to, you know, $30 million a year and he goes 0 for 4 tonight, well, that's not that big a deal because that happens to a hitter. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in there every day. But if you're a pitcher and you only pitch one every five games and they're giving you $350 million, this is exactly what they give. And there's no, well, you know, it just kind of got away from a little bit. He has to win. Scherzer's in a lot different situation. He's already won the series. He's been great since he's been on the Dodgers. They love him there. If he went out and got beat tonight or tomorrow night, which I hope he does, but if he if he did, they would say that'd be very unscherzer like. That was just mm-hmm. one of those games that got away from him. Garrett Cole, it's gonna be like Without sticky stuff, you suck. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's kind of the the story with him. Who do you have in this game? Who do you think will win? Yankees, Red Sox. I I I do think the Yankees win. I think they'll go in I there. Yeah, I I think he'll pitch well. I think if they if I were the Yankees, if they can get to Araldis Chapman and he needs to do five outs for a save or whatever, I'd go ahead and do it. Um. So yeah, yeah, I do like yeah. the Yankees on the road. And again, if if it's a close game at the end and that Red Sox bullpen, which I think sucks is is trying to hold off the Yankees in that lineup. Now, the Yankees have, by the way, a couple injuries, too. We talked about J.D. Martinez. Former Cardinal Luke Voigt is, of course, on the I.L. again. He's out. And D.J. LeMahieu, which is their all-star second baseman, that's a big loss for him. He's won the batting title a couple times. He's out tonight, too. Yeah. So, and J.D. Martinez with him, that's, that's some, I mean, star power out of this lineup. But still right. some – Great players out there. And what about your Cardinals, Dodgers? Who do you think will win this? The game? Dodgers. Yeah. And I love your realism. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. you want the Cardinals. Yeah. You're in a Cardinals pullover right <laughs> yeah. now, too. Yeah. I, I would be, I wouldn't be, I w- certainly wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals went in there one because they're playing as good a baseball as anybody. But yeah, I, I, I just think, I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. That lineup is so deep. And Max Scherzer, even if it was Walker Bueller, who's really, really good, I if it, I, I would much rather have it be Kershaw. Yeah. Cardinals aren't scared right. of Kershaw at all. <laughs> no one is in the postseason. Yeah, um, but they've beaten Kershaw. But yeah, I I think Scherzer, and I think he. One thing the Cardinals, even in their September run, they still do is strike out, and I have a feeling that Scherzer goes six and a third, six and two thirds, and he'll strike out ten or eleven guys. Yeah, like he he He's still got that. In oh him. my God, he gets nasty, and I've seen him make Cardinal hitters look really silly. And who are your picks to make it to the World Series? I'm I'm gonna take my Rays. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Rays Dodgers back to back. I agree with you too. Yeah. I just I think that that's gonna happen. Those, the Dodgers look so good. I'm still not a real believer in what the Giants are doing, like I said. And I'm rooting very hard for the Rays. And and I, I actually before the season started, right before opening day, my buddy lives out in Vegas I Venmoed him twenty bucks and said, "Hey, will you go place raise to win the World Series before the season started?" So it was like, I think plus twelve hundred. So I think it's twenty to win two twenty or something like that. Yeah. But I would take a lot of pride in in the Rays win the World Series and me getting a little pay. I just hope they get one eventually. And it feels yeah. like this could be, especially when they spend like seventy six million dollars. Yeah. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just again and and Randy Rosarina, my ex Cardinal, he right. was a star last year. Watch out for this Wando Franco, this rookie they oh called up, yep. is a is a stud, and he might be the Rosarina of this year's. You know, he's, he's saw, playing really well. I saw somebody saying he's already a top twenty player in the league. I haven't watched yeah. a lot of him play yet, but he is. He's like nineteen, twenty years old. I yeah, think. he's 
he he was the number one prospect in baseball. Yeah, they need to slow the roll on that a little bit. Right. But I, mean, I thought so too. He's not even in the same stratosphere as like Tatis and There are Vlad a lot of right good now. players in baseball right now. I think we need to remember that too. Like a top twenty oh, player. Oh my god. Even if you're just going top twenty position players. Yeah. There are a lot of really good baseball players. People have forgotten about Mike Trout already. They have. I, I I'm well, the cool biggest. If he could stay on the fucking field. Yeah, well, sorry, I, I don't. I'm the biggest the Mike Trout. Too, That's right. I'm I'm, a, I'm just I'm the biggest Mike Trout fan ever. I think he's so good. He's one of the. I mean Barry Bonds, even with this. I mean steroids, but Barry Bonds the best player in my lifetime. And Griffey was right there, but Trout's right. Mm-hmm. There. I mean, but I mean with with Mike Trout and the Angels here, and this is not even on the rundown at all. But like, do you eventually need to move on from Mike Trout? No. Not, and I don't mean like move on and like oh he's just not good anymore. It's like just you have all this talent like he, he's doing really good but you're not winning like you're not bringing i don't feel like you're bringing any other value to well, him that's as not a his player. fault i mean I, well i true it's not his fault but it's clearly their fault so like does it get to the point where it's like let's just send this guy somewhere where he can win and get even more recognition and respect I, it like, doesn't, in my mind i just like yeah you guys you guys love baseball you love paying attention to it but like for me, as a guy who's on the outside looking into baseball, and the marketing sucks, we can all agree on that. But like Mike Trout, when he's on the field, it's cool. But like the A's aren't winning. Like you can hear Mike Trout. Someone made a joke earlier in the season was like, "Oh, Mike Trout went like two for three with two home runs. Angels lost eight to two. And it was like, what the hell? Yeah, they. I mean, they went out and gave Anthony Rendon two hundred and fifty million dollars a year and a half ago. He hasn't been shit. Shohei, Shohei Otani, obviously, this year was unbelievable. You have to ride this thing out with Otani, Rendon, and, and Trout and see what happens. Now, the problem is Otani, in like a year or something, is about due for a contract. Yeah, yeah I think and, he has two more seasons next year. And maybe, you know, it might just be next year. But he's he's due to hit free agency. And what's – I mean, what is he going to command? Because not only is he a stud and obviously pitches and hits – I'd pay him as a hitter, by the way, and not a pitcher. But he's a pitcher and a hitter, and he's really good at. He was an all star at both of them. But I don't know. That's that. That's going to be. They could possibly have, not possibly. If Shohei Otani re-signed with the Angels, they would have a hundred million dollars locked up in three players. Actually, easily. more than that. Yeah, easily. Which he's the Dodgers seven. Yeah, I would not be surprised if when he starts negotiating with teams, he says, "I won't pay it as a pitcher and a hitter." You're going to make me play both positions. You're going to pay me a little bit for each one of them. $600 million. He's, <laughs> he's bringing in, you know, plus 50 mil a year. And I, honestly, if he keeps this up, he might deserve it. I read the other night Max Scherzer's agent, because he's a free agent, is looking at either two or three years, $50 million a year for a pitcher. For him? Okay, Otani at, might make $100 million. At 37, a year. <laughs> I think Scherzer's 37 years old, something. Either a two-year, hundred million, or three-year, one fifty. Now that's not to say he's going to get that. Bauer but did though. Fifty million dollars a year for a pitcher. Wow, is insanity. I, I that that's a guy that I targeted for the Cardinals, Ken, because he's he has said several times in his career he'd love to pitch, you know, for mm-hmm. the Cardinals at some point. But there's no shot they're paying him that much money, and I wouldn't. Not no. not fifty million. I'd much, I'd much rather go out and get a big time DH for about twenty two, twenty five million dollars a year, and then, and then another really good bring pitcher. in bring in a couple of bullpen guys at eight nine million dollars a year. I'd much rather do that because that yeah. is that that's crazy. They're they're playing Kershaw thirty eight thirty seven thirty eight million dollars a year mm-hmm. to be hurt all the time. Yeah, 
And that's one of the other things about baseball is that these teams that have all the money, they make these big contracts, and then a lot of guys don't live up to it. Yeah. You know, Giancarlo Stanton even with the Yankees. He's playing good of late. But, I mean, looking at that contract that he has, that they bought, you know, traded him traded him from the Marlins. Yeah. But even with him, it's like, is he worth this contract? Hell no. No, I mean, you have to eat a lot of that if you are one of those teams. Like, the Rays aren't making those aggressive moves to bring in a guy making $40 million. Right. But, yeah, that's baseball for you. Rob, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank talking you. Talking baseball with us, college football, everything. You can catch Rob on the Sports Edge right here in Joplin Mo, 4 to 6 every weekday. Uh, but let's also remember our great sponsors, too. Roper Kia, go in there and tell them. Miked Up sent you. They'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. And, of course, that Miked Up 20 discount code, still good at Manscaped. And just because it's not hot outside doesn't mean you need to stop trimming. <laughs> uh, I know that, like, Rob, you and I were talking about mowing, Hate yeah. doing it. In I was October. about to say we weren't talking about trimming our balls. Manscaped, <laughs> you got to keep doing that stuff through the winter. Yeah. No time to stop now.